Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I say the same thing every time, don't I? How are we? <clears throat> well, um, yeah, considerably better than I was last week. Um, not 100%, if I'm honest. And um, I, re- <laughs> I realised that um, I may have had COVID and it's still going around. And the, and the only reason I say this is because I, you know, I, I felt... As I mentioned then, you know, I've just got this cold. It was a bit of a head cold. And as the week went on, what I thought was exhaustion from doing the events and stuff, actually, you know, I'm still exhausted. I, you know, I mowed the lawn yesterday. I had to lay down for the rest of the day. I'm like, I'm so tired, like doing something, hoovering the, you know, hoovering my rug uh, this morning. <laughs> I felt just like I'm breaking out in a sweat already. And, and um yeah, so I, I don't think I'm, I'm certainly not back to full health, but I, I was, um, I just started thinking maybe there's, there's something, if it's not COVID, it's, it, it's all the symptoms of it. It's, I didn't, I don't have any testings, but, um, and it's not even a thing anymore, is it? I mean, we've passed this now. It, well, um, I think everybody's come to realise that it is. It's what it is. Well, listen, this is what happened is that uh, I'm on a WhatsApp group with a bunch of friends. We call ourselves the Cool Dudes Club. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) Middle-aged men, that's what you have to call yourselves now. Um, And someone, just one of the guys posted a picture of like a COVID test thing and he was like, guess who's back? And as I've just started reading everyone's input into that and people were saying, you know, yeah, just it feels like a cold and but you know, quite exhausted and uh, can't get your breath. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. And, uh, you know, normally when you're bunged up anyway, you, you, you can't really taste food. But, you know, there was that thing of not tasting your food again. So, you know, f- uh, the first few days I was just, uh, you know, eating things and just really looking forward to eating them. And then <laughs> I can't <laughs> taste it. I'm just like, oh, damn it. But, you know, that's part of being bunged up as well. Um I think it was just more that then they started saying about feeling quite trippy. And let me open the app real quick. Uh, feeling quite trippy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, can relate. Um, cool dudes, cool dudes, cool dudes. Where are you? So, yeah, someone was saying that it felt... I had a full-on DMT trip 
as a kid with flu. I don't know what that means. Good advert for DMT, like tripping on the flu without the flu. Um, yeah, and someone else was like, yeah, I had a proper psychedelic episode one night. It was amazing among the horrors of the flu. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it could be flu. It could be a cold. Uh, it was certain. I, You know, those bits of trippiness. Yeah, I think it comes with being slightly lightheaded and, yeah. do you know what I mean, not quite feeling completely grounded. Um, and, you know, saved me saved me breaking into my stash, I guess, didn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I do feel better now. I just feel very lethargic. I've, I rested. I, you know, I, I guess last week it was, we, we, we were talking about resting. And um, listen, I'm very fortunate enough to be able to do this um, and the window of opportunity for that was right, that I could really take the best part of the week off. Yep. You know, I'd go into work in the morning, check in, see what was going on, and then go home and rest for the day. Like, you know, that's that goes with, I guess, being a business owner. But at the same time, you know, I have to step up and do things when, you know, I've got to dig deep when I have to dig deep. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Course, yeah. So <clears throat> it's not for everyone. But, you know, if, if you have those opportunities to rest, the problem is in the past and certainly, you know, working in kitchens, um, one, I never looked after myself. So even if I did get a cold, I'd work and then I'd go out boozing afterwards. So, you know, that was another story. But, you know, I would never, ever rest. And I got onto the importance of resting after I did that a little too often and a cold became a chest infection, became walking pneumonia. And then I had to take like three weeks off. I yeah, had yeah. no choice. So, yeah, you were fucked. You know, I, for me now, I'm very different about how I look after myself for so many reasons. A lot of this happened during the pandemic as well. Um, but, you know, I really care about my health. And uh, I know that I work an incredible amount on so many different things that the only way I can get some kind of uh, longevity out of that is by the way I look after myself. Yeah. So, you know, cl setting clearer boundaries for things, saying, right, I'm going to make sure that this happens, I'll make sure I exercise, make sure I, you know, eat the right things, da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, making sure I'm in bed by a certain time of an evening, do you know? Um, they're all the parts of rest and having very clear boundaries because it's the only way that I can then work in the in the way that I do as much as I do yeah is because I'm really clear about those respites um so look I was really lucky this week to be able to take um the necessary time off here and there and within a week I do feel considerably better little way to go but I think what's important is I know that if I hadn't done that or if, if I'd had still been in my kind of toxic habits then you know, this wouldn't have calmed down in any way. I'd be coughing and spluttering here. I probably would have cancelled. You know, <clears throat> it's it's a very different now. Um, it's not just, I think even last week, trying to touch upon the fact that, you know, I talk about how, you know, I have these supplements and things, but there is so much more to changing your lifestyle around than just supplements and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. The, when I talk about my nemesis being rest or, the, you know, not getting enough rest, it really is because that's that'll be when viruses bugs anything gets through when you're at your, your body's at your weakest and for me i do so much you know i don't drink i probably say that every episode now but 
you know, drinking, smoking, they're two things that really, really abuse our immune system. Yes, and, yeah, and it's really bad. Yeah. So I don't do that. I'm really, really conscientious about the things. But fuck me, if I don't get sleep, we're in a whole world of trouble. And that's, that's what's happening. Well, it's like when you're, you know, I guess when you talk about supplements and you talk about rest um, and all of the little bits in between, what a lot of people sort of um, take things without really understanding what they do. And I guess that's like medication and, you know, swings yeah. back to COVID a little bit. If, you, if you're taking something that is, you know, t- you're told is good for you, um, but you don't really fully understand what it does or what happens in the body whilst that's going in, then you have a bit of a problem. Let's take vitamin C, for example. You know, we, we, you'll, you'll take a 4,000 uh, 4, milligram supplement a day. Amazing. It's really good for you. But throughout the day, obviously, that's getting its usage. If at that moment the body doesn't need that much, it will excrete it yeah. anyway. So you've taken a supplement, you might not need it. But if you're a smoker, for example, like me, if I have one cigarette, then a quarter of that has been demolished. Right. So, you know, it, we, you t- you, obviously, you do the good with the bad, and then you top up throughout the day with certain things that you eat. But if you're eating shit, you're kind of completely counteracting yeah. all of the supplements that you're taking so i think um you know covid you're absolutely right covid opened a lot of people's eyes to health but from both ways hmm. um you know it encouraged uh, an awful lot of people to take an immediate reaction and it caused a lot of people to start looking into things so that they can take they can make long-term change and yeah. not run the risk of an immediate reaction to see how everything's going to go. Yeah, well, so, that was the bizarre thing. And, you know, it's still not enough. I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole with it. We know what it's like. <laughs> we know these chats, but I think... Um, I just don't believe enough people talking about their health anymore. Like, it's... You're right. There were people that took it seriously and changed their lifestyle. Yeah, Myself, one of those people that had very toxic habits before that. But, you know, just people that just went and chased the vaccine and then are still doing really, really toxic things to themselves. It's like, I can't... There will be another pandemic. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, convinced. Yeah. But if we're not looking after ourselves, we're just going to keep chasing vaccines. And yeah. that, that's what I think. It's like, I don't want it to be about vaccine. I just want this to be about... Pre- um, my point being about preventing. And for me, that, you know what was this three years ago so I was early 42 and I already knew at that point that while I'd said before about the drinking you know I had cut down to like drinking six months on six months off but I was still you know in the six months that I was drinking I was still abusing my body a lot with the amount I was drinking and cocaine um so when the pandemic did come around and we didn't know, it was the early days, we didn't know what was going on, we were just getting locked down. Well, one, definitely had the time to just start reconsidering things a bit more. I had the time to cook at home, which I don't normally get the time, which is why I end up on fucking Deliveroo or some shit. Um, So, you know, I had time to think about these things. I was, you know, taking supplements and I was doing certain things, but it just allowed me to deep dive into it. And like I say, I'm, I'm still not perfect, but... 
I'm so far down that route now yeah. that I can't come back. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm j- and what's nice about it, for me, it's a journey. Uh, I I could go even further, even quicker, but I'm also... Look, there are things as, as a chef, like there are still foods that I enjoy. There are foods that I, um, you know, reminisce as a kid and, you know, have those... Like, there's certain comfort things, so I'm not ready to give up certain things. But I limit the amount I have. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you're not going to be having corned beef sandwiches and no. white bread every day. But. <laughs> well, it's it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it seed oils is the biggest thing for me. I think it's yeah. um it's the thing that I'm, I really really, I want to stop having anything with seed oils. And I've I've limited this a lot. I really really have. But then you know there's kind of mayonnaise and specifically certain brands of mayonnaise which. I love. And now I know I could make my own olive oil, um, you know, get hand-pressed olive oil, make my own um, mayonnaise. But it's not the same. <laughs> and sometimes, as you no. say, sometimes it is like, you know, you want shit bread. You want, yeah. like a, 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 you know, a, a, a very standard white loaf or something. Yeah, you and don't it's really not very make often. A, a toasty no, no, no. out of anything but cheap white bread. I might buy one once, twice a year. It's really not that much. But I know that you you know in that there is damage that can be done. Um, so there will have to be a time if I'm ever going to take this really really seriously that I just say look you know I'm not going to go down that route. But at the moment I'm still a chef. I do development work for people as well. So you know unless I'm going to go down the route there of saying I'm a a wellness development chef, which you know I don't know what the work is for that. I, I I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going down that route at the moment. Um, but I do try, you know, I do try and be conscientious about what I put up for people to try. It's just every now and then you work into a brief where it's like, we need to have this, like, you know, American food and uh, or diner style food. And you're like, okay, well, it's going to definitely involve a deep fryer at some yeah. point, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they're the, they're the things. I do really limit what I have on that. Seed oils are just the most destructive thing. And it's the big, for me, it's the Everest it's the big mountain that now I have to climb in yeah. terms of my health. But, you know, I think uh, the pandemic definitely showed us uh, or showed a bunch of us that, you know, we we got to take our health seriously. And if I was 42 at the time, I'm 45 now. Like, I've abused my body for a, a long time. I used to be super fit, uh, you know, with training and fighting. I want to get back to that, but I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't want to get back to the, I'm going fighting or, you know, doing that. I just want to be, I want to have another 45 years. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I want to, I, I want a 45 years that isn't just like this slow, gradual decay. I just want to feel pretty good. Well, that, well, that's it. <laughs> Do you know it? what I mean? Yeah, so if, that, if you look at, um, if you look at it now, like, you know, your, your average, your average age to live is no longer, you know, mid to late 70s early 80s it's mid to late 90s early 100s and yeah that's that's basically come about because you know you can you get to a certain age certain ailments come along and you you know you take a tablet and you know everything's all right but by the time you get to 96 you're you're basically chewing down a rattle every day because you've got 42 tablets that you've got to take to keep yeah going. i mean it doesn't but- seem to me it doesn't seem healthy um, but if you look at, you know, let's let's say look at Okinawa for example. Okinawa is one of the um, one of the leading test sites for blue zones, 
Right. And for anyone that doesn't really know what a blue zone is, a blue zone, there's five of them in the world and they're the they're tested for their longevity and health, not for how long they live, but for the fact that they are living healthy at 95, 96, all the way up to 108, 110. And you've got people in, in Okinawa and Japan. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not just food related. There's an awful lot of things that they've picked out in these tests. To, to do it but the main point of call is that their diet and their lifestyle is all about movement and what they consume yeah. they are very rarely sticking anything in a deep fat fryer it's delicious so i can't really i'm not going to say i don't do it because that would be a lie but um it's it's what they consume on a daily basis, um, they never record their own percentages. Why would they? Because they're just doing. Well, they're just, they're just living, living their life. People are living, but, aren't they? You know, people have figured these out. So, I'm I'm a bit of a. I'm not a massive fan of of the the term diet. I think it puts an awful lot of pressure on people to do certain things or be a certain way or or whatever. You know, if you're struggling with weight. 90% of the time people are going to just turn around and say go on the Mediterranean diet it's got healthy fats you can still drink mm. wine because they do that in Mediterranean and, and you know do you know what I mean it's it, it's a very poor way of saying to someone you know this is how you can be healthy but if you're you know if you want to you know if you've got kids and you want to see your kids have kids and live a, a healthy life so that, you know, your son's not picking you up and carrying you to bed when you're sort of 65, 70. I think it's about what we can, you know, what we consume, how we consume it, and then what we're doing around that consumption as well. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm, I'm massively into, I mean, I got, I got a lot of this from following various biohackers and, you know, people that live outside of the paradigm that we, you know, we're kind of forced to live in a lot of the time um and you know I, i've said it before i got really into hunter gatherer um i don't want to say lifestyle but understanding where we've come from where we what we've evolved from yeah and then how we can bring some of that archaic into modern day um so you know in following biohackers there's always tips and tricks and things and i've mentioned a few of them before I'm not going to repeat myself, um, but you know, it's it's about learning. It's about understanding. We have created a paradigm that we're living in in the West, our diet and our lifestyles, and it's really it's so far from normal, and yet we accept it as normal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they're the things that impact our lifestyle. And I, I think there's so much that we can take from yeah, blue zones, but also yeah, just the way we have evolved, and if we can bring some of that in then a few things go away. We don't have to find medicine. We don't have to find cures for things. If we can live and we can prevent things, and that's all I'm doing now. Like, you know, for myself, I can't say I'm going to live. I don't know. I could get a fucking heart attack tomorrow. But, and I deserve it for the way I've put my <laughs> fucking body through. Um, <clears throat> but... I am trying to make amends to things and I am trying to change because, yeah, you know, you suddenly you grow up, you find that there's, there is an importance, you know, that I love life, I embrace life, you know, and I, I want to, I, and I love every part of life, I love my 40s, I love being close to 50, it doesn't bother me, do you mm. know what I mean, aging doesn't bother me, but 
I don't want to be old. I don't even want to be, you know, 70 and not be able to do things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, my mum, bless her, she passed away at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, she had a much more, you know, she had a, a bigger social life than myself. And yet she was struggling with her health and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see. And that was another eye opener for me is just to see, like, you know, my mum, you know, struggling with uh, movement and moving around and, you know, her mobility. So, and there was, you know, many other things that were impacting that. But if we can be in control of certain things, like we, there's certain environmental stuff that we can't be in control of and how that affects our health, we could probably get out to nature a bit more. We could, you know, we could try and do certain things in our lives that, you know, counteract that. But there are definitely things that we can be in control of. And I think it's really about getting on top of them. And um, a lot of things start with diet. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the... I guess it's, it's the easiest way of, of, of using a word to describe what we're eating. But I think if you, when you think about it, like I've, most of my life I've always said to myself, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get to 65, 70 because I don't want to ever get to that point where, um, you know, I'm in a home and someone's got to wipe my ass for me. That's basically what, I, yeah, <laughs> that's, no, my, that's my biggest fear is that yeah. I will become somebody else's problem. Yeah not somebody else's like partner in crime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we're, when we're diagnosed with something um, or we're, we're told we've got an ailment or we've got a, a, a deficiency or any of these things, when, we, when we're ill, when we go and have a blood test and someone goes, oh, you've got an iron deficiency or you've got, you've got this and that. We're, you know, we're immediately sort of sitting there going, okay, cool. Tell me why or tell me what to do. Mm. And the next point of call is just carry on doing exactly what you're doing, but give this tablet a try Mm. and do something. Whereas pretty much every single illness, in fact, every single illness that we have can be um, bolstered or destroyed or, you know, improved or made worse by certain foods that we're eating or certain things that we're doing or not getting enough in you know there's you know pretty common um ailments that people have that are you know lacking in a load of other things that people aren't aware that they exist so let's say you know diabetes for example you know when i was a kid my understanding of diabetes was uh the the lad sam that i went to school with that had to stick a fucking insulin pump into himself Mm. all the time but was still eating a Mars bar and, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't yeah. understand. You're, you're, you need glucose, but you don't need glucose. And I thought it was all just that. But obviously, you know, spending the last few years doing my, what, you know, my degree and everything like that, I come to, I had an assignment that I had to do. And I spent about three months reading into uh, type 2 diabetes and, and its impact on everything. Now, type 1 is... <clears throat> is completely manageable and it, you know if it's not if it's not looked after at some point you know you'll lose a limb you'll lose this and you'll lose type everything one. else yeah but type 2 is 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 insulin resistance the body you you've pushed your body so far with the things that you're consuming that it no longer has the ability to manage that glucose right 
so that's where you know you then go oh i need to stop having so much sugar or i need to stop consuming so many carbs or anything like that but no one will ever tell you there's a <laughs> there's a chef an agency chef that i worked with last year whilst i was doing this research on this on diabetes and he had type 2 diabetes and he was like oh do you mind if i just pop outside and sit down for a little bit you know i'm having a bit of a low i was like yeah no that's that's fine and then i go outside and i see him eating a packet of sweets and i'm like i said to him what are you eat you you i know that you need something but like eat something healthy like let's get some veg into you like it's gonna mm. cause well, the body to do exactly the same thing and he's going well, this is what the doctors said that I should do. And I'm like, doctors are still telling people to eat a packet of sweets when they're on a fucking hypo. And I was like, what? And that, again, that's somebody, you know, mid-40s, nearly 50s, that was diagnosed with something and never really asked the question, how do I manage this properly without just taking a fucking tablet? And this, I guess this is, again, it feeds back to, you know, where I went with what was happening during the pandemic is that you know people would say and trust the science and it's like yeah but the science is arguing amongst itself here yeah. <laughs> it's just the one there's one narrative and there's another narrative and you know while western medicine has been good in so many ways and you know saved friends lives uh, you know I, i'm grateful for what western medicine has done it's just we can't go on living certain lives and think everything's okay. It's not fucking okay. Yeah. And that's where I think it's, that, that's where I wish people could, or people had more access to other truths. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Now, yeah, I live in a, a slightly more natural state than I ever did, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I try and eat very different these days, but, to me common sense came into it you don't have to actually go out searching uh you know or, or eating whole foods and uh, these various places you, you just have to look up the way we've evolved yeah because i think our bodies you know i think our bodies are just these this perfect design you know we, we've had hundreds of thousands of years of evolution millions if you consider going back to hominid times you know our bodies have fought so many viruses and things. We know it's in our DNA. We yeah. know how to get rid of things. But it was because of the way we were living. And people argue shit like, you know, yeah, we didn't live to our 30s. Well, fucking, there's, there's actually a lot of proof to say we lived a lot longer than that. Yeah. But, you know, there are other environmental factors. But the fact is, our bodies are perfect. But we've just got to give our bodies what, you know, we would have grown to evolve with. Do you know what I mean? And... While we were talking once upon a time about like alkaline diet, and listen, I believe there, I don't believe there are there is a single truth. I believe there are many truths. Yeah. And everyone finds the truth that works for them. Like if you're a vegan and you're thriving, great. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely fine. I'll be skeptical if there is long term, you know, if there's longevity out of this because there's no in existence. There has been no community or ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com 
Let's get this dinner party started. You know, civilization that has thrived on a vegan diet. But when you look at the way we would have eaten meat, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, it would have been mostly meat. And vegetables didn't exist because they're man-made. <laughs> um, but, you know, fruit wanted to be eaten. Fruit's been, always been around, bulbous, and, you know, needs birds to eat it. And, yep. uh, so, but in winter, there's not a lot of fruit around. If you look at what you can find in the forest in in the UK, then there's no fruit, really. There's very little no, fruit. No, very little fruit. All right? Yeah. So we're really falling back on meat again. Meat would have been the main source. And while I did, I mean, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but, you know, in COVID, I went completely plant-based for about two, three months. And yeah, definitely inflammation mm. improved. But I really needed to go back to meat. And actually, by going back to meat, my inflammation didn't come back. No. So it might be great to do these things as a reset. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It resets everything. And then you go back to making healthy choices again. But the doctors are never going to tell you this. No. You've actually got to read books. You've got to look at other people that specialise in certain ways. And then, you know, pick up books on the way we used to be. Do you see what I mean? Even going back to our grandparents' age, do you know what I mean? And and what they were eating and how they were thriving. They all did um, incidental things that were good for them as well that they didn't realise as well. I, I, it's funny. My dad used to say to me that he, uh, when they were younger, that he would he would always have have a second or third helping of the the water that the cabbage was cooked in, right? Because he okay. always found it delicious. Yeah. What he didn't realise was just how fucking good for him yeah. that water was, and you know he, that that was just because of a waste thing. They didn't want to. Yeah, you know, they yeah, didn't yeah. want to waste it. My nan never poured it away. You know, uh -huh. she would drain it into a bowl and then put it back into the pan after she'd finished serving. So they've got all the good stuff from the cabbage and then all of the stuff that had had come away from the leaves from cooking in this water and this broth yeah and they've you know but it's it, it's interesting how you know things like that have shaped our life or shaped our lives once upon a time I, I remember being in the Alps with some friends and um, uh, one of them's Italian so he, he took us to like areas that he grew up and yeah. restaurants that he knows and um you know, because it's winter most of the time. <laughs> um, you know, it, there's big starchy foods. And I remember us having this, I, I think it was like a buckwheat pasta of some kind, cooked in the same water that they've been boiling the cabbage and potatoes. Yeah. So everything's cooked in this one pot. And then they laid in it with so much cheese. I mean, ordinarily it'd give anyone a heart attack, I'm sure. But it was it was right for yeah the setting, do you know what I mean? But I think you make your point completely there is that they're not wasting anything. If, if, if water was, I don't know if it was uh, hard to come by, but at the same time, you know, it just did make sense that they would use it because there's flavour in there, if nothing else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, it, it is insane, actually. I, I, it's one of the things that I found all of this quite so fascinating. It, 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 it kind of stemmed, actually, from... Um, the like food style change in fermentation and trying to figure out you know things about that what that is you know what why why people for so years so many years were doing it i think actually a little bit of it stemmed from um one of the first batches of kombucha that i had with you mm -hmm. um and then looking into what that was and 
why it was good for you and then you suddenly then going in into all of these different types of fermentation and and processes and pickling and preserving and going well that shit that's what people have been doing for so long mm. um interesting about that now actually looking into eho processes for um, fermentation and, and bacterias and stuff and and they are still fucking pissy about it but yet it's it's prebiotics they are <laughs> unreal for you but again it's it's having that understanding you know when you're walking around a hospital and they say they um you know please use the antibac to prevent e coli outbreak outbreak right very true on the outside yeah right but we have large quantities of e coli in our intestines that are doing insanely good things for our body yeah but we only hear the bad because obviously it's only bad when there's an outbreak and it gets out mm. and it's not managed if, if you then consume it again and it then gets into the blood you've got a problem but that's that's kind of what i mean about like uh, with like withholding information when trying to get people to understand something um you know and again it can go back to, to diabetes you know type 2 diabetes is like is manageable and also reversible yeah and um but we're at a point in the world now where there are so many people in the world with type 2 diabetes and you know at a family producing age yeah. <laughs> where kids are being born pre-diabetic Wow. You know, if your child is being born with a mild insulin resistance and all that then go and and you're as a parent, you're possibly unable to breastfeed and you've got to go on to formulas and then you go on to all of this soft, shitty packet Heinz baby food that, you know, you're because you're not a very good cook or you're mm. not sure how to cook. You're literally getting that child to a point without any knowledge or understanding by the time they're 20s hit that they could possibly be suffering from heart disease already Fuck. um heart disease rates went up in men between the age of 20 and 30 by something like 27 percent it's like it's a ridiculous number but mm. like people everyone's going well why are they dying at that age oh they must be drinking too much red bull no it's not it's not just the added things that were being given to people it's the fact that we have been processing fats and and whole grains into processed shit for so long now that our bodies can't handle it no. simply cannot handle it and and you know type 2 diabetes is and will be in the next 10 years the world's leading pandemic because it is the leading cause of the top five deaths in humans in the western world really yeah because it, it it's you know a lot of people kind of don't really understand it but you mentioned about inflammation so inflammation is is the body's way of showing that you've got a problem yeah so it will heal it because our bodies are insanely clever and are built to fix things but then if you continue to do what you're doing <coughs> and then cause that inflammation to occur in the same area again in the body that will then go in a vicious cycle of shit we need to get rid of this and oh god we've just like run down all of our stores so now you're inflamed again and oh, oh we'll manage to get rid of it and then we'll do it again and rotation of information can then happen because you're stressed cortisol will just be released everywhere causing stress that will create inflammation inflammation is is the cause of cancer yeah 
you know, it, it, if, you, if it keeps reoccurring in the same place, it will cause a tumor. Yeah. Because it's a buildup of inflamed cells mm-hmm. and they mutate and you've got a tumor. So if we're able to kind of, there's nothing we can do about stress in the Western world. Like, that's just the way that is. We can manage it. We can manage it. And, but if you, you know, if you're a person that's listening to this and you've recently been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, manage it. There's, there's lots that you can do from a food, from just consumption. Don't be fooled into thinking that you need to manage it through glucose. I would say, you know, across the board with anything that we talk about. Um, look into it. It's just look into <laughs> it. Just don't accept one opinion and, um, you know, go on your own deep dive with things and don't be afraid to look into areas that, you know, that Western medicine doesn't take seriously yeah. do you know what i mean because I, I i stand by it i think most things can be solved with change of diet and uh lifestyle yeah big lifestyle changes and if it can't then at least you tried well that's you know what i mean like what is the worst that can happen that's trying it. yeah do you know what i mean well you you say that and it is um yeah it, it reminded me of kirk actually kirk hayworth he when he was talking to us about his um you know the length of time it took for him to be diagnosed with Lyme's, uh, Lyme's and he, you know, he was telling us about the cost of these tests and things that have to be done. Like it, since then they've managed to isolate in the blood, what they're looking for when they're doing a test for it, because vet and vets figured it out when yeah. dogs get tick bites. Right. Gotcha. It's funny, actually. Vets, actually, they do. I think animals get looked after way better than humans in terms of like what vets figure out. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Um, I'm going to dig out something I'll show you another time because uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was just, it was like a side by side comparison. And, you know, animals, it, they're not kind of given a pill to, and told to go back to you know the the way they live in do you know yeah. what i mean there's usually just a little bit more duty of care with animals it seems silly to say this but um when i read this article it, it had things side by side and you're like actually it's right mm. there's no agenda with animals it seems no i mean you know we're, we're as humans we're a bunch of assholes when we uh <laughs> when we are testing things and we do decide that we're gonna you know it's like the cigarette testing isn't it nicotine testing they did it on hound dogs so they were they were basically breeding hound dogs and leaving them in fucking cages and giving them cigarettes to, to test what the, the effects of nicotine were doing. And like that started with monkeys and then went into our what we call man's best friend. And I'm like, you fucking what? Yeah, I mean, there's some really fucking sick people out there, really. And yeah, and and it doesn't just stop with animals; it, it's human beings. I've just finished that book, Cobalt Red. Oh yeah, it's fucking hard. It's hard to listen to, and you know, here we are with our laptops and our mobile phones, and you know, every every kind of device that we have that has like a rechargeable battery, you know, comes with so much blood and death attached to it. It's it's horrible. I mean, look, listen, I, we we live in a world where we rely on these things, and am I going to stop using my phones? probably not but am i more aware of what's going on now absolutely and mm. will i make different you know 
I don't need to keep going out and getting the new iPhone. Do you know no. what I mean? That and there's the um, much of a problem. Um, <clears throat> if I have one device, make sure I you know keep it as long as I can until I, I have to get the next one. But I urge you to read that book or you know, get it on Audible or something. But um, I thought, I mean, you know, I've been listening to a few books recently. Um, and uh, there were just some every now and then where you just can't put them down. Like yeah. they, you know, you just want to keep listening. So I walk around with my phone on, I'm in the kitchen at home, I'm in the greenhouse doing little bits and pieces. I've got my phone constantly attached to me um, because I want to know. And it, it's it's not just the cobalt that's getting mined at the moment, but it's just, you know, it's, it's an entire country that's just suffered at the hands of uh, colonialists um so you know while the west gets richer and you know, gets all the new things it's devastating the people and, and uh you know a nation i'm you know i can't say more about it it's it's just worth listening to it's and we should just be aware of what's going on you know oh yeah no, absolutely and i think it's um we're lucky over here um to have a large amount of ignorance to what's going on around you know if somebody just comes up to you and goes i've got this really cool new thing and then shows you it you're like oh wow the the, the first thing that you're thinking isn't going to be you know how many children died to make that for you you know do you know what i mean no no and that, that's it because we are blinkered to it i guess it's the same as like you know eating some chicken breasts or something and not knowing where that you know yeah. something's come from you know i think we've lost Maybe it was never there for some things, but certainly with food, you know, we used to grow our own vegetables and we would have raised our own livestock. We would have killed that livestock. So, you know, the appreciation of, you know, what we've raised, what we've slaughtered and then what ends up on the table, you don't waste anything. And yet we're in a society now where we don't, we don't know what the cost of these mobile phones, it, it doesn't affect our lives in any sense. Nah. And some people go through, I mean, I know certain people that love technology and they just go through stuff. They need every new thing that comes out and it's like, fucking hell. <laughs> Here I, <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I fucking had a cocaine addiction for 20 years, you know, and I'm pretty sure every fucking gram I bought had like an amount of deaths and blood <laughs> attached to it. So who am I to talk here? I'm sure someone will throw it back at me, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the awareness there. It's just yeah. being really understand where things come from and fucking avocados in Mexico. And, you know, again, yeah, it makes more money than the drugs do now, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> I just, I, I think we just need to be a bit more aware, not take everything at face value. Just ask a few questions, deeper dive on it. And can we be a bit more responsible? Yeah. And, I th you know, as you say, well, when, a minute ago, it's, it's about looking into things. When you when you suddenly are interested or something spikes your interest, you know, don't half ass it and just like read <coughs> read the first bit that you can find. It's there is so much going on with with everything, um, and there's so much information out there to be able to do. I mean, you know, all you've got to do like Google Scholar is is a great place to look at um, tests for things. I mean, ninety nine percent of the research that's out there for medications is is done on on mice but mm. you know how they test things and, and how they test cures for things is within the makeup it's it's done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times before mm. they even consider what's going on and they you know they figure these things out 
I think if you look into it and you can see and really be able to have a knowledge and understanding, then you can make an informed decision on something. And yeah. it, it, it's the same with, with your health and diet. You know, there are so many diets out there that it is not one size fits all. But one thing I would implore people to stop doing is counting calories. Yeah, yeah. Calories is a measurement to, you know, for how much energy your body is going to be consuming mm. at one time. If you just decide that you're going to count how many calories you have in a day, that's not being healthy. That's that's reducing the amount of energy that you're going to produce. Yeah, yeah. So if you, you know, just do something that take the time to figure out what is right for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm, I do the, I don't do keto diet, but I do intermittent fasting uh, once every three months because it helps with my ADHD. It's a weird thing. I, I don't know How why. How long do you fast for? Uh, so I do a 16-8. So I'll eat across eight hours and then I won't eat for 16. And you do I that don't for one do, day? Yeah, I do. It's, no, I'll do that for a month. Oh, for a month. Yeah, okay. so um, because it just... <coughs> It resets everything for me. It really helps. I mean, you know, being... How long have I, has it been since now? So being ill since March, like I'll have times where um, I just, like, I find myself being unable to spell things. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll be getting that tired sometimes or, that, you know, that sort of cognitively fucked that I'm, I'm like, I can't spell anymore. Like when does yeah. my ability to spell go? And I find that, you know, when I'm fasting and... I'm, you know, packing everything into eight hours and sensible meals and, you know, good things. Um, it really improves everything. I do really. that. I mean, it's, it's a weird one because I think over the last 10 years, I think people have talked about intermittent fasting a lot more. Mm. Um, but through my days of fighting, yeah, I wouldn't... I've never... I don't even think since I was like a, a kid that I've had much breakfast. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I rarely eat breakfast rarely and so you know my first meal of the day i'm going back way before working in kitchens um if i was fighting training in the evening then i would have a big lunch yep so no breakfast big lunch so that's about 12 one o'clock all right and then i'm in the gym by seven in the evening so i'd really only have one meal a day maybe a little snack in between somewhere along the line but i'd I'd pack it in at the beginning and I'd do that for years and years and years. And then by the time I got into a kitchen, well, I wouldn't have breakfast. Yep. So my first meal of the day would be after lunch service around three o'clock and then you'd work the evening. Maybe there's a tiny bit of eating. Yep. So really, I guess what I'm saying is like for the years that I've been in a kitchen, 25 years and before that fighting, you know, I was intermittent fasting before I knew that it was a thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And now I'm, I'm kind of just my body. That's the way I do things. Do you know what I mean? It's very rare that I have like three meals a day. Yeah. Really, really rare. I don't really eat after eight o'clock at night. Or if I do, it has to be certain foods. Yep. There's definitely things I can't eat after eight, eight o'clock. Yeah. I'm so aware of that. I feel hung over the next day. If I'm like, it's amazing how the way it feels. But I, t I think over the last three years, there's been time, again, particularly through the pandemic, that, you know, I was eating one meal a day again, hmm. and it was, I had lots of good things going on. Then I'd have a snack towards the evening, but I'd be in bed by eight o'clock anyway. So yeah. 
I just had a, like, a little eight hour window of eating and it was perfect and I lost weight, I felt good, you know, it was, it, it, it has it, so many benefits to it, but yeah. cognitive, yeah, you, you feel much better, you feel, you know, less brain fog. I think overall, it's, it should be just the way, it, we, we need to get back to that and not think about three meals a day because that's bullshit. <laughs> but again, if you thrive on three meals a day, who am I to say it's not right? Do you know what I mean? But it, again, it's it's that understanding of, of, of a diet and how it works. You know, if, if you're a bodybuilder, then doing certain diets, are, you know, are, are going to be, it's going to be the best thing for you. You know, consuming yeah. large amounts of protein within an eight hour window, that's going to be the best thing for you. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're not a bodybuilder and you're going to the gym four days a week, but you also work 12 hours a day and you, you know, you're not really eating and you're, you know, your job is a chef and you're not really eating throughout the day, then actually that t type of intermittent fasting isn't particularly good for you because you're not consuming anything. Mm. You're just discarding everything. Yeah, It'd yeah. be great for weight loss for a certain period of time. Yeah. But the body's remarkably clever. You know, If you start to lose weight in quickly over certain things, then it will find a way of slowing that down because it's not good for you. Yeah, well, your body doesn't know, does it? Yeah. So, and, and I've you seen, know, it will that's why a lot of people plateau. Yeah. Is that they don't, and why people will cut out carbs, and you need carbs. Yeah. You just don't need carbs every day. Yeah, but it's so, the different types I mean? of carbs. It's understanding what carbohydrates you need. You know, if, you, if people just associate carbs with everything white and, you know, yeah. starchy, then they don't understand what a carb is. No, but I think it's that, that thing where uh, there's another interesting guy that um, he's got that thing V shred. Oh yeah, that guy. But, do you know what I mean? He's a he's a bit of a I don't know. Look, anyway, look but, like me while eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I understand what he's saying about it's uh, carb cycling. Yes. So you need to have carbs, and you can, and he say just eat fucking anything because mm -hmm. your body needs something to fight against. If it doesn't, you will plateau. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So you, you get like two two weeks of rapid weight loss and then it stops because your body's like, there's a problem. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And you won't, and you can keep fucking doing your thing. You can lift heavy, you can do whatever and you're not going to lose that weight or, you know, it depends what your objective is, obviously. Yeah. But um, carb cycling, and it makes a lot of difference. Uh, I don't, I try not to eat too many carbs, but I will have one blowout day a week. Do you know what I mean? If nothing else, it's a little reward. Yeah, but it's like understanding how, how certain things work within the body, you know, like keto diet is high fat. So, you know, and people will always associate high fat as that, that can't be good for you, can't be good for you at all. Mm. But the reason why it's high fat is because a ketone is made up of energy from breaking down fat in your body. It's not, it's not breaking down sugars yeah, like yeah. insulin is for glucose. Yeah. It's breaking down fat. So... It's actually breaking down all of the fat stores that are everywhere in the body. And of course, if you have a, you know, a, a hormone issue, then that's actually quite good for you yeah, yeah. because it will break down that fat in those areas that it normally sits. But it's, again, it's that, oh shit, well, I didn't know that. Or why would you have so much fat in your diet? We're always told not to have fat or we're always told not to have this. You're always told, but you don't bother to fucking look into it. And it's, it, it, everyone <laughs> takes things for face value. They believe what the news says. They don't read enough books. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And you never never really follow the money to find out where the research has come from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But a certain level of irony in all of this discussion. You know, like I, one of the things that I found uh, March through till sort of June this year where 
you know i've i was trying to to work through this illness is that i was i was finding it increasingly more difficult to be healthy because i was finding it increasingly more difficult to be asked <laughs> yeah <laughs> which sounds like you know i stopped going to the gym i stopped eating well stopped all of these things and i am still ill and i do still have to 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 go through a load of processes but i'm back to the gym eating healthy again and it's managing yeah it's managing well so you know it it's when, when you get hit you know when you hit that brick wall i guess it's about um what's that 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 way of describing discipline um you know when you do something every day even when you don't want to that's discipline yeah and and it's consistency isn't yeah. it it's just that's so many things can be made you know it's like i've said about podcasts you know it, <laughs> just show up yeah, show yeah. up keep doing it consistency because it just brings bigger things later on that's it mate well we can probably break down all of this even more and I'm, i guess i'm quite glad that we decided not to uh go all pandemic crazy on everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i want to tell you about another book but i'll do that another time yeah. um but uh yeah listen it doesn't need to be a rabbit hole we said i think we always agreed that we would do a, a, a podcast that was a bit more uplifting and um you know it talked about good things and you know alternative ways and stuff and you know sharing the knowledge that way um and it has to be <clears throat> from our lived experience or when we get some guests on then it's from their lived experience yeah, but absolutely. it's just trying to listen to not you know not what's out there on the mainstream it's just and it's just about listening for people that have gone through it do you know what i mean yeah and like and these chats you and i talking i learn something we get other people on we learn something from them That's it. and I, I guess it's only hoping that that translates elsewhere so yeah perfect yeah. well mate well let's catch up next week yeah look forward to it catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 